The Bible Belt Atheist Reporting for Duty, sir. Huh. Scared you, didn't I? Uh, it's, the funny part of that is I wasn't actually in the military. Ha, ha, ha. Hey, this is the Bible Belt Atheist Podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. Hope you've had a good week. Hope you've had some fun. I got to play in the snow a little bit last week, and it looks like I'm going to get to play in the snow again tomorrow. Kind of excited. Kind of weird for me to be excited about playing in the snow, but I'm excited. Thanks for tuning in again. Uh, if this is your first time, thanks for checking us out. And if you have come back for more, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, please rate and subscribe if you like what you hear. Um, every subscription helps. Um, please rate us. Tell us what you think. You can also uh, email me at any time you like to the Bible Belt Atheist Podcast at gmail.com. No punctuation, no capital letters, just the Bible Belt Atheist Podcast at gmail.com. All right, so a um, few things I need to clarify for you in case you're a new listener or maybe an established listener. Um, I am not a professional. I am not a Rhodes Scholar. I am not a doctor of theology. Um, I've never studied theology. I have read the Bible complete three times, twice as a child, um, because I, was, I wasn't really forced to, but it helped smooth things out with my grandparents to be involved in daily readings. And then again, I, I guess in my late 20s, I read it again as an adult just to kind of give it an adult shot to see maybe it would make more sense to me as an adult. But I was wrong. Uh, every time I've read it, it seemed more and more ridiculous and impossible to be true. So reading it as an adult from cover to cover, the King James New Testament made me realize how full of holes it really is. So I just wanted to clarify that. I'm not a professional. Um, I didn't study anti-theology. I didn't study theology. I just... Uh, I, I do this podcast in the same way I live my life. I make it up as I go along. And what I mean by making it up is uh, I learn things throughout life. I gain experiences throughout life. And uh, I make decisions and come to conclusions and have thought processes based on those experiences and the things that I learn every day. Uh, also, I need you to know that when I say the word Christian or the plural Christians, I'm referring to all religions. Uh, I'm referring to the Muslims as much as I'm referring to the Baptists, and I'm referring to the Jewish faith as much as I'm re referring to Christian Scientology. Um, it's just an umbrella term for me. I think all religions are the same. I don't see any difference in any of them. So when I say the word Christian, it's mainly because I live in the Bible Belt, and that's what I am surrounded by and have interactions with every day or Christians. So that's why I use the term predominantly. So don't I don't want any I don't want any of the Muslims or the Jewish people out there to think that I'm leaving them out. So please don't. Uh, there's there might be a God. This coffee is really good. Anyway, um what I wanted to talk about today is and this is totally my theory, these are totally my ideas um, that I've acquired over the years. To me, there are t three different types of Christians, um, and all Christians can be lumped into these three different types, as far as I'm concerned. 
Um, number one is the monetary Christian. Number two is the mandatory Christian. And number three is the intentional Christian. Now, my definitions of these are as follows. The monetary Christian, that's pretty self-explanatory. They may or may not believe in a God or a, a religion. They may or not, they may or may not believe that anything that they say is true or not. They may or may not care if what they say is true or not. They are making money off of religion. Now, the easy go-tos on that are the pastors or, um, you know, the owners of the Christian bookstores or you, there's a whole list of people that you can go down and um, you can go as far down as the people who ride the coattails of Christianity because they think it's going to increase their customer base. You know, the Hobby Lobbies and the Chick-fil-A's and all of those types. And the monetary Christians to me are the most dangerous because they're trying to sell a product and they don't care how they sell it. Right. You know, during the pandemic and, and everything that's gone on over the last year, um, every pastor in town was concerned that his, his, uh, his members could not come to church on Sunday, that they weren't allowing full church services on Sunday. And I don't believe for one second that they're upset because they can't preach. I think they're upset because they can't pass the offering plate around. Right. You know, one thing about pastors is that uh, everything's good as long as the offering plate comes back up front full, right? As long as that thing is overflowing with money, everything is cool. Everybody's smiling. Praise the Lord. It's a, it's a great day. But you let that a couple Sundays go by where that offering plate comes back and it's not quite full, then you get the sermon of the, the give until it hurts sermon that you have to give everything you can give to get the full rewards of your faith, right? The Lord's only going to help you find that dream job if you fill up that offering plate, or you're only going to have a happy home life with your family if you fill up that offering plate and you, you pay as much as you can into it. So the monetary Christians to me are, are very dangerous. And I don't believe for a second that even most of them, believe wholeheartedly the things they say. I think they're just saying it because they think that's the way to create the most revenue. And um, over the years, a lot of them have proven themselves to be full of shit. Most recently, we've got the My Pillow guy, who if you've seen any of his appearances on television lately or any of his stuff, he has just lost his fucking mind. But he did a lot of commercials with that crucifix hanging around his neck. And every chance he got, he always wanted to talk about his faith. And I'm a, I'm a real Christian, so you need to buy my pillows. Well, I got news for you. I had one of his pillows. I didn't feel any divine intervention when I used it. As a matter of fact, it wasn't that special. And I don't think it was worth what I paid for it. So, you know, a lot of these people will ride the coattails of Christianity. And why do they do that? Because they know that most Christians are followers. They're sheep. 
They'll believe anything. They'll buy anything. You know, Hobby Lobby's closed on Sundays and they got these signs up that say, you know, we're closed on Sundays because we want our people to spend time with their church and their families. Yeah, they're definitely going after a particular base, right? And uh, there's a lot of money to be made out there on bottling religion and selling their faith. There's a pile of money in it. So the second type of Christian is the mandatory Christian. The mandatory Christians to me are the ones that they're going through the motions, they're reading from the script because that's what they believe that they are supposed to do and they have to do because they were raised that way, right? Their parents were that way. Their grandparents were that way. Um, it's a generational thing. That's the most generational aspect of Christianity is that mandatory Christian where they feel like they're saying the things that they have to say. And you can, you can spot them. They're reading from a script. You know, I live here in the Bible Belt and it's not uncommon to be approached by someone that's trying to talk to you about their faith. And um, I've had it happen many times. And they all sound the same. They all look the same. Their eyes are bugging out. They're talking to you in a tone like they've got this great big secret that they want to share with you. And... Um, it's like they've got a piece of information that's going to change your life that they they want to give it to you. They want to make your life enriched based on the information that only they have and you don't have it yet. So they're going to they're going to change your life by sharing this with you. And it happens everywhere, you know, around my neighborhood. Well, <laughs> they don't knock on my door anymore, but the Jehovah's Witnesses are everywhere. You know, you see a car parked on the side of the road and you see three or four people walking around knocking on doors and, you know, they're, they're trying to, and they're reading from a script. They're all the same. They all sound the same. They all dress the same. They all look the same. They're playing a role. They're playing a part and they're playing that part because they think that's what they're supposed to do. They are the mandatory Christian. And, um, it's funny, um, a few years ago was eating breakfast. I was at IHOP and I was hung over as fuck and just all I wanted to do was scarf down some pancakes and <clears throat> excuse me, I'm, I'm just trying to put as much syrup on them as I can and I'm drinking water and coffee as fast as they'll bring it to me and this guy comes around and he's, he's an old man and he wanted to give us a baseball and he wanted to talk about the Lord and I'm sitting there thinking, Dude, can you not see? I'm sitting here packing 4,000 calories into my temple. You know what I'm saying? This temple that God gave me, I'm filling it up with fucking booze and pancakes, brother. Oh, yeah, brother. That's what they all call each other, right? I remember I used to go to church with my grandparents when I was a kid because they made me. And everybody would walk up to my grandfather and call him brother. And I always thought that was the most fucking ridiculous thing in the world. And... um and I realized that they all think that we're all brothers and sisters, right? We all came from Adam and Eve. We're literally all related. So that's why Christians don't think there should be abortion. Even in the case of rape or incest, 
because they think we're all related anyway. There's no such thing as incest to a real true Christian, right? We're all brothers and sisters. Yeah, but they will. They'll walk up to you. They'll approach you. And they usually approach you at the dumbest times. Like, I'm at the fucking park and you're going to walk up to me and start preaching to me? Fuck you. If I want to hear your shit, I'll come to your church. Right? But that's the mandatory Christian way. They, they, they're not necessarily doing it for profit. They're not making any money off of it. They just doing it. They're just doing it because they think that's what they're supposed to do. And last but not least are the intentional Christians. And these are the people that I hope make up the majority of the Christians. But the more I learn and the more I see it in my, my faith is diminishing in that. The intentional Christians are the people that wholeheartedly believe their faith. And they believe their faith so much that they want to live as good and honest and loving of a life because they think that that's the best way to, to worship and honor their God, their faith. And this is the category that I would put my grandparents in. Never really preached to anyone. Once they left the church, they left it there. If anybody wanted to talk to them about it, they were happy to do it, but they weren't going to walk up to you in a grocery store and start preaching to you. They weren't going to go knocking on neighbors' doors trying to share their secret. They just weren't. That's not how they operated. They lived their life on their words. They lived their life based on their beliefs. My grandparents were great people. They treated everyone the same. They really did. They didn't see color. They didn't see gender. They didn't see anything. They saw people as being a part of their world that they're supposed to respect and love and be honest with and help out any way possible. My grandmother did some amazing things in the community. My grandfather did too. But they did it without any fanfare, and they did it without expecting any pats on the back or any kind of notoriety for doing it. They did it because they believed that that's how they were supposed to live their life based on the Bible that they believed in. Those are the intentional Christians. And there's a lot of them out there. And as much as I disagree with religion and Christianity, as much as I think that it's harmful and gets people killed, I also believe that for some people, it is very grounding and it's very uh, comforting to them. They take comfort in their belief. Uh, otherwise, they might all have high anxiety and, and worry and stress all day. But because of their faith, they let all that stuff go and they don't worry about it. And that's cool. I, I get that. Everybody should have comfort in life. Everybody should live as low stress and low anxiety as possible. And I think the intentional Christians are the ones that, um, that really do show a service. They do show something positive in all the madness. So hats off to them. I got respect to anyone who lives their life their way and keeps it to themselves, you know, some people think I should keep my religious beliefs to myself. 
but hey, I'm not making any money off of this. So you can't say I'm a monetary atheist. But I would be if you want to send me some. But anyway, those are the three um, types of Christians that I believe exist. And there's there's a lot of different fringes that could be thrown into, into all of that. The monetary Christians um, and the Christian right and the, the political Christians, um, those are the ones that, to me, are the most scary. <clears throat> you know, they're, they're, they're pro-death penalty, but they're anti-abortion. Uh, I mean, I get it. I've always believed, and I, I've said this before, that I think if you really, truly want a Christian conservative to care about your child, you really should try to find a way to shove them back up in the womb. Because that's where they care about them the most. Um, I am probably pro-choice on everything, not just abortion, but life in general. I think if you if you want to smoke cannabis, by all means. Um, if you want to have a relationship with twenty different people, and as long as you're honest with all your partners, and that's great, go do it. Be you. Do whatever you want to do. I don't care. But don't impose your beliefs on me because, you know, if you can do what you want to do, then I should be allowed to do what I want to do. But everybody that is in that monetary Christian group have an agenda. They have, they have an angle. They have a scheme that they're working on because they're trying to create revenue. And it's a huge machine to feed, right? Um, Joel Osteen owns an arena, right? He's got to fill that thing up every Sunday, right? You got to feed that machine. You got to keep the money coming in. Because once the money stops, then you start getting silly, like the My Pillow guy, right? Everybody's boycotting his pillows, and these stores that were selling them have, have shut them down. Well, now he's shown, he's, he has shown his true self. Sorry, I got problems talking this morning, apparently. But he, he's shown his true colors, right, in the last few weeks where he's just, every chance he gets with a camera in front of him, he just melts the fuck down. He's lost his shit. When he was selling pillows by the millions, he was the friendliest motherfucker in the world. But people stop selling those pillows and he becomes a monster. But that's the monetary Christian way. You know, as long as the money's rolling in, they're your best friend. As soon as you can't pay your cover charge on Sunday, if you lose your job and your family's struggling and you can't pay that cover charge on Sunday morning at your church, all of a sudden they'll stop talking to you. I promise. Try it. So um, every day in life, I run across these three different types of Christians. Most of the time, they're pretty easy to spot. Uh, if someone walks up to me, and they instantly start trying to convince me of how much of a Christian they are, they're up to something. They're probably a monetary Christian. If they're trying to convince me that their faith is strong, there's no other reason to try to convince me of that other than to try to get into my wallet, okay? The mandatory Christians, they're a little more bug-eyed. They're a little less polished, right? They're trying, they're reading from a script and you can tell they're reading from a script. Um, they're really just trying to convince you of something. 
They don't need you to hand them a check. They're just trying to convince you of something because they think that's what they're supposed to do. Now, I'm surrounded by all three types every day in my life, living in the Bible Belt. Now, in daily interaction, I have people, you know, I'll sneeze and they'll say, bless you. I get it. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with someone saying, bless you when I sneeze. I don't know why they do it. I don't know why you have to acknowledge someone when they sneeze, but I even do it. My girlfriend will sneeze and I'll say, bless you. It's just habit. It comes out. Um, Often I'll go to places uh, where someone working there will tell me to have a blessed day. I don't have a problem with that. They're saying have a blessed day, but what I'm hearing is, I hope you have a good day. And I'm cool with that. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I think it's, you know, you're telling me to have a good day, and I appreciate that. Um, I've been to business luncheons where someone wants to say a prayer before we eat. I'll bow my head. It's, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm selling myself out or being disrespectful to myself because, hey, they wanted to do it. It makes them feel good. It makes them feel good. That's the thing, right? Do they really think that God is somehow making their food safe to eat because they say a blessing? Well, depends on where you get it from, right? I'm sure people have said the blessing and then had food poisoning. I'd be willing to bet that's happened somewhere. But I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with being respectful to someone's faith that I disagree with. So I don't want to come off in this podcast as being a Christian basher so much. I, I don't think that there's any need to be an asshole. when If someone says, you know, I disagree with you blessing the food, I'm going to get up and leave while you do it. That's, that's just fucking stupid. That's just dumb. There's no reason to be that way. Um, I just think that everyone has the right to believe what they want. I have the right to think it's ridiculous. But I'm not going to be an asshole to somebody just because they say bless you. Or they want to bless their food. So I really believe that the most entertaining of the three types of Christians are by far the monetary Christians, because their agenda is so out front and their their game is so out front that you can see it really easily. Um, the mandatory Christians are a little different because I think a lot a lot of times the intentional Christians and the mandatory Christians know a lot about their faith. They know a lot about their religion. They know a lot about their Bible. Um, the mandatory uh, religion, uh, Christian people are generally the most informed about their Bible because they've probably spent their whole life reading it, right? The intentional Christians are usually people that may not have grown up faith-based but got into it later, so they dove hard into it too, so they know a lot about it. The monetary Christians the ones that are trying to sell Christianity generally know the least about their product than all the other Christians. Um, it, it's funny to watch because 
they will contradict themselves at every turn. And I've seen them do it. I deal with the evil empire here in Lynchburg, Virginia. And I have seen, <clears throat> excuse me, I have seen them contradict themselves on many levels at many times. Um, they will tell you how much of a Christian they are while plunging the knife into your back. And those are the Christians that believe truly that you can do whatever you want to a fellow human being because all you have to do at the end of the day is ask for forgiveness. So if I screw you out of your home or out of your bank account, it's okay because I prayed for forgiveness and my God was cool with it. So, but yeah, they're usually the least informed about their actual faith. And they're the most fun ones to call out on scripture, you know, um, and you can watch it. You can turn on the news or turn on any Christian broadcasting and you can see them one week. They're trying to sell it to you this week and this way. And then the next week they try to sell it to you a different way and they have to keep it fresh, right? You can't just do the same sermon every week, you have to keep it fresh. So sooner or later, you're going to contradict yourself. It's just the way it is. You know, all of the, all of the Christians that believe that Trump was sent here by God, man, <laughs> they'll buy anything. I believe I'm a salesman. I've been a salesman my entire life. I believe I could sell anybody who believes that Trump was sent here by God. I can sell them any fucking thing. I can outsmart them, outwit them, and I can sell them anything. Because they're suckers. They're just flat-out suckers. You know, Trump liked to call people in the military losers and suckers. Well, his base are losers and suckers. So it works out. It it's came full circle, right? And I've been watching on YouTube videos the TV evangelist, even after the election, that were convinced that Biden was never going to be sworn in, that Trump was going to be sworn in. Somehow something was going to happen to save the administration and he was going to get four more years. And they flipped the fuck out when he lost. I mean, they flipped out. If you ever want to entertain yourself, go on YouTube and watch videos of evangelists flipping the fuck out after Trump lost the election. It is, it's the funniest shit out there. I've gotten many hours of laughs out of that shit. But that's the monetary Christians, right? They were selling hard when Trump was in power. They were selling really hard. And uh, now they got to figure out how to sell against it, right? They got to figure out how to sell a new product. Um, the money... Everything comes down to the money. If you ever want to find out the truth about anything, just follow the money trail, right? Just follow it. It'll lead you straight to what you're looking for. It'll lead you to the truth. Money will lead you to the truth every fucking time. So when I see someone on TV talking about their religious beliefs, I, I wonder if they really believe it themselves. I wonder if they ever believe it themselves or are they just pushing a sales pitch? The mandatory Christians, I think are often the ones that are the easiest 
to talk out of being a Christian. They're the ones that I think leave the faith the quickest because everything that they grew up believing will eventually be proven wrong. It will eventually be proven false. And they're the ones that are going to take it the hardest because they are going to be hurt by it. They're going to feel like they've been lied to their entire life. And those are going to be the ones that are going to be the quickest to be vindictive against Christianity. Um, there's a podcast out there. It's called The Thinking Atheist. And it's it's done by a guy who spent 25 years hosting a Christian radio show on a Christian radio station. And one day he became convinced that it wasn't real. And he has spent the last 10 or 15 years screaming from every mountaintop that it's a lie. It's bullshit. The intentional Christians are the ones that are going to go down with the ship. The monetary Christians are not going to go down with the ship. Once somebody tries to get into their pocketbook, all bets are off. They're going to change lanes real quick. The mandatory Christians, when they figure it out, they're going to be crushed. The intentional Christians, they're going down with the ship, right? They're going to be the ones that no matter how much proof, how much um, you can throw at them, they're never going to waver. They're never going to get off of that. And that's fine. That's cool. Um, I still think that that's the majority of the Christians. I think that is the majority of what's out there. That's what I see every day here in the Bible Belt. Um, but the monetary Christians are very entertaining. YouTube is full of them. And they're funny. If you really want to see a crazy one, um, Paula Jones, the one that was actually Trump's um, advisor, or his faith advisor, that bitch is crazy. She couldn't spell God if you spotted her the G and the D, okay? Holy moly. I mean, crazy. I have seen children in Walmart pitching temper tantrums that seem to have their shit more like together than she does. So watching that is just more and more convincing of my beliefs. And we can go down the rabbit hole of social media and algorithms. Because, you know, when I go on YouTube, a lot of times I'll type in, you know, crazy Christian out, outburst. So guess what they're going to show me the next time I pull up YouTube? Most Christians aren't going to type in crazy Christian outburst. So they're not going to get the same algorithms that I get. They're not going to see the same shit that I see. And that goes for politics too, right? If you go on YouTube or you go on Google and you search the evil Democrats, well, guess where they're going to lead you down? Guess, guess what rabbit hole they're going to send you down? Same thing with YouTube. Um, I would love to be able to sit down with a devout Christian and watch YouTube videos of Christians proving themselves to be stupid, but it won't happen. They won't do it. It'll never happen. So moving forward, I kind of, I would like for you to think about all the Christians, you know, 
And which category do they fall into? Are they monetary? Are they making a good living off of Christianity? Or have they been going through the motions, the mandatory Christians? Have they been just going through the motions and reading from the scripts because they they think that's what they're supposed to do? Or are you lucky and you only have to deal with the intentional Christians that really are kind, sweet, good people because they're out there. I hope that's the one you run into the most. I have a feeling that the monetary Christians are getting ready to experience quite a backlash because all of their preachings about Trump have now gone away and been proven to be bullshit. So what do they tell those people now? What do those monetary Christian evangelists tell their followers now in church? Now that Joe Biden's in the White House and Trump has proven himself to be an illiterate asshole, what do you, what do you, that's, that's where they go in on Sundays now and bring up the fact that Christians have always been persecuted. We've always been the persecuted ones. We've always been the ones that get beaten down and fed to the lions, right? This is no different. Trump has been persecuted. We're being persecuted because of Trump. That's what that's the twist they'll put on it, right? And nobody will sit in those churches and say, well, you know what? Maybe Trump's just really stupid. Maybe he's just really an asshole. Maybe, maybe he's not deep. Maybe there aren't many layers to Donald Trump and his faith. Maybe there's not a higher power, a higher calling that was put upon him. He was in an interview once and the interviewer asked him what his favorite, what his favorite scripture was. And he couldn't, he never answered it. He couldn't say anything because he doesn't know. I don't think the fucker can read. I don't, I think Donald Trump was our first illiterate president. That gives a lot of hope and faith to all the other illiterates out there. What do they tell those people now? What do those monetary Christians try to tell the intentional Christians? What do they do to maintain their faith when they've seen everything explode? You know, a lot of those people that attacked the Capitol building were mandatory Christians, right? They had to be. They were going through the motions. They were doing what they thought they were supposed to do. And none of them had a good reason. There was no good reason to do that. None. They were trying to bully their way into getting what they wanted. He lost. He fucking lost. It's the first time in the history of our country that we had a federal building just purely attacked by a bunch of fucking sore losers. They couldn't fathom the thought that other people out there don't believe what they believe. That's what little kids do when they don't get their way. 
when they're told no and they lay down in the middle of the floor in a grocery store and they throw their hands around and they cry and they scream and they pitch a fit. That's what little kids do. Hopefully little kids grow up to be adults that realize that kicking and screaming is not how you get your way. I don't see any of the monetary Christians out there preaching the sermon of, we need to learn from our mistakes. We need to pick who we put our faith in better than we've done. They're not going to do that. Trump, as soon as he lost and they started talking about doing recounts, the first thing he does, the very first thing he does is he starts sending out emails to everybody begging for money. This is a self-proclaimed billionaire, and he's begging people to send him money for his legal fight against this rigged election. It's the first thing he did. And that's the first thing that people do in Christianity. They beg for money. It's the first thing they do. I remember watching a Star Trek movie with my mother. She's a big Trekkie. And it was, I don't know, it was back in the 80s. It might have been the first Star Trek movie. And and Captain Kirk makes a comment. I forget the plot of the movie. But my mother got a huge laugh out of this line where everything stops. And Captain Kirk says, why would God need a spaceship? Why does God need your money? Now, I live in a city that's the home of the largest faith-based college in the world. And they build new buildings the same way you and I put on a new pair of socks. Every day, all day, there's constant building going on. There's constant adding to the empire, right? Money, 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 money. That's what pays for all that. And the money just fucking rolls in. God doesn't need that money. If there's an all-powerful God, if he really exists, he doesn't need those buildings. He doesn't need that money. But somewhere along the line, humans realize that there's huge revenue in convincing people that they are sheep. It's huge money in it. And I'm hoping we get smarter as a race, as a society, and we're hope, uh, hopefully we will be able to see through this bullshit and see through the monetary Christians. And I think the mandatory Christians right now are probably all in turmoil. The Republican Party is in crazy turmoil. They don't know what their identity is anymore. They locked in both barrels on this faith-based, far-right, Trumpian style. They put all their eggs in that basket. And all those eggs and the basket are now gone. So they don't know what the fuck to do. Right? They don't know what to tell their constituents anymore. And the same thing with the mandatory Christians. I think a lot of them are in turmoil. They don't know quite what to believe anymore. 
You know, my preacher's been telling me that Trump was sent here by God. And now Trump has had, he got five people killed at the Capitol. Someone sent by my God wouldn't have that done, wouldn't allow that. I mean, that's what I'd be telling myself if I was a mandatory Christian. So I think as much as the Republican Party is in turmoil, as much as our country is in turmoil and as divided as we are, a lot of people in the privacy of their own mind are doubting what they've been preached all these years. These mandatory Christians that have heard it all their life. And the monetary Christians have got to figure out a new angle. You know, they've got to figure out, holy shit, we had the guy. And he fucked it all up. We had the guy. We had Mr. Illiterate Charisma. We had the fucking guy and he fucked it up. He ruined it. Now we got to figure out what to do next. And they're all scrambling, right? The my pillow guy is scrambling. How the fuck am I going to sell pillows now? Right? All the white supremacists are like, oh, fuck. We had our guy. Now what the fuck are we going to do? We got to figure out a new way to monetize. We got to figure out new revenue streams to keep our bullshit going. But hopefully, hopefully, we've gotten smarter. Hopefully, the monetary Christians have shown their true colors enough to a lot of people. I, I work with people that are very adamant about their faith, but they've even made comments of things they've seen recently that makes them scratch their head and makes them say, huh, that's really not the Christianity I signed up for. That's not what I was taught to believe. You know, Joel Osteen got $4 million in the COVID relief package. Think about that. So we'll see what happens moving forward. I keep hoping we're going to get smarter. I keep hoping we're going to figure out a way to think for ourselves and not be sheep and not be followers. But maybe that's just human nature. Maybe we're just meant to be one of the three types of Christians. Maybe we're just meant to be followers and sheep. Maybe that's maybe that's human nature. Maybe that's part of tribalism, right? I mean, any successful business, any successful group has to have a leader, right? So in the, our tribal instincts, maybe we have to have a leader. And maybe if there's not a good quality person around us, maybe that's where we put our faith into the unknown, the unseen, the unproven. And that's where people get taken advantage of. When you don't know what you're looking for, you can find just about anything. And that's the basis of Christianity. That's the basis of monetary Christianity. You find the people that are lost and don't know what they're looking for. And you make them feel included and you make them feel a part of something. You make them feel a part of a tribe. You make them become an intentional Christian. Then you can fleece them for all their money. 
So the intentional Christians are just the victims and they don't even know they're the victims. They're the victims of the monetary Christians. If there is a such thing as evil in this world, I think you start with the monetary Christians. They're eating their own. That's what they're doing. They're taking advantage of the people that really might actually be Christians. They're eating their own. Monetary Christians aren't trying to sell me. I'm a non-believer. They're not even trying to get into my pocket. They're looking for the low-hanging fruit. They're looking for the people that voluntarily sign up for it. They're looking for the people that show up at church every Sunday voluntarily. That's the people that they're taking the money from. The people that walk in the door willingly. The my pillow guy. He was just trying to sell pillows to Christians. I bet he'd sell me a pillow right now though. What do you think? All right, I'm done. I'm done. Thank you for listening. If this is your first time, I greatly appreciate it. I hope you liked it. I hope you come back. Please tell a friend, please subscribe on Apple or Spotify or anywhere. And so you'll automatically get the downloads when these things uh, come out. Um, please write a review, rate me, do whatever you need to do. Uh, I would love interaction and input. And please feel free to email me, um, the Bible Belt Atheist Podcast at gmail.com. No capital letters, no punctuation, just the Bible Belt Atheist at gmail.com. Thank you all, and I hope you have a blessed week.